Welcome to Podcast on Fire on Call of Heroes and uh, a director with a classic touch and classics under his belt uh, and my deadly enemy, circa around 2004, new police story girl. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, I'll give you context for all of this. Nevertheless, uh, we're, um, you know, I don't believe in carrying a grudge as such and I'm willing to give the man, i.e. the director, Benny Chan, a chance and that's what i'm doing here especially since what i saw in clip form from call of heroes registered interest in me huh look at that it's kind of well shot kind of cool 2016 i'm in and uh, all of this is a silly and cheeky way of saying that uh, we're here in this episode to review benny chan's latest action epic call of heroes from 2016 starring indiana lao yep <laughs> i'm waiting for the audience to catch up indiana lao oh yeah the whip Lao Ching Wan, Indiana Lao. <laughs> and Louis Koo doing whatever the hell it was Louis Koo was doing in uh, this movie. I think it was called acting. I'm not sure what it was, actually. <laughs> and that's not uh, saying what I thought of uh, him or the movie just yet. It might be good, it might be bad, but uh, Louis Koo is doing something here that's uh, out of the box a little bit, I think. So let's uh, let's uh, let's dive into it uh, as quickly as we can. And my name is Kenny B, and with me to discuss this uh, recent movie is Eastern Film Fans, Coda 2K Head Hon Show, Phil G, uh, featuring himself on a podcast not featuring Alan Tam. Is it strange? <laughs> well, it's been a while. Thank you very much. Yes, hello. Uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, something different other than Alan Tam. My God, what's going on, gentlemen? Yes, indeed. Call of Heroes. Guy in the background looked a little bit like Alan Tam. I'll take it. Alan Tam crapping how it is. Yay! Yeah, that's it. He looks a bit like Alan Tam. We'll review it. Why not? Uh, yeah, no, it's good to uh, it's good to pick up uh, a latest release and uh, cast our beady eyes over it with your mortal enemy, Benny Chan. Well, uh, circa 2004, that is. Uh, and that movie still sucks. So uh, it's, uh, it's not going to change anytime soon. <laughs> Let's just say, Call of Heroes is a tester to see if, I, it, if it can reignite my interest in the past Benny Chan work, I think the one between New Police Story and this, the only one I've watched. And not because I wanted to avoid it, I've just spent my time watching crap elsewhere. Which is my fault. I think the one I watched was Shaolin. And it was okay, but uh, it, it didn't. It wasn't iconic and stuck with me as such, but it was okay. Yeah, so you, you missed that City Under Siege then? Well, I'm kind of keen to get into it because everybody sort of hates it while I'm in. <laughs> and Aaron Cook is in it, so I'm, I'm defo in. You know, double, doubly in, bigly in, as Trump would say. So, so yeah, well, uh, I, I don't know if uh, City on the Siege is this intolerable two and a half hour mutant movie, but uh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, it kind of tickles me that thought that they, they're making a mutant, they made a mutant movie. It might suck so much or might be charming where in some places who knows but uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to it i want to first of all uh do, get a little business out of the way before the contact information a uh, huge a huge thanks and shout out to trinity and Cine Asia for kindly supplying the blu-ray of call of heroes for review on the show and it's i think if i'm my timeline is not uh, off this release kind of marks in asia's return to the uk market and hopefully we can expect more titles and even even a revisit to um, reissuing the Hong Kong Legends catalogue, as I'm sure some original titles out there on the market are not cheap. Uh, I've, I've heard you mention that uh, the likes of Dreadnought uh, is a one that uh, is uh, you have to pay well over maybe £50 pounds for it, uh, whereas certain titles like Dragon Lord, is, they're, they're still out there. But Cinesia did repress some Hong Kong Legends titles. They're also been responsible for um, some Dragon Dynasty titles for the UK. 
like the legend of Fong Sayuk. Sinasia handled that, but it was obviously the Dragon Dynasty disc, only for the UK market. So it's it's nice to see them bring out a new title. And um, mm-hmm. the, the the UK market, if I'm also understanding things right, ever since the likes of Sinasia sort of um, clo- closed their doors for the time being, so to say, the UK market for Hong Kong cinema has been sporadic. Would Would that be fair? Some titles pop up every now and again. Yeah, kind of sparse, actually. Sinasia were, were leading the way, and it's good to have them back in the fold. There are other co- companies out there that are starting to release these, and you know, um, we're getting good prints. But um, we, we've missed Sinasia, I have to say, and obviously bringing back the, the Hong Kong Legends um, title. So hopefully, you know, this is the, the first of many. But is it a great film for, for them to come back on? Let's Let's find out, folks. Well, they didn't. Uh, they they, they uh, set their aims on an action movie, which is yeah. uh, obviously uh, a clever move. Uh, and uh, also, I mean, Eureka had brought out the likes of Dragon Inn, so you had a Taiwanese classic on the UK market, and uh, Kaleidoscope. Uh, I don't know if Kale- Kaleidoscope ha- had done any Asian movies prior to uh, Police Story 2013, but they did that. And Swordmaster, the Derek E movie, is announced for April, so there's some things happening. Exactly, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, Swordmaster. You know, that's a big title, big title for us. So um, yeah, the states are leading the way, obviously, with WellGo USA. They, you know, everything's coming out over there. You know, the UK used to be like, we're starting to get it drip fed to us now. So, you know, hopefully, you know, Cine Asia can come out as well with the other companies, you know, Kaleidoscope, Eureka can start um, giving us the movies that we want. The, the, the advantage, I guess, WellGo has that they, they, they have a market where a limited cinema run for very recent movies is possible, is financially viable. Um, You know, uh, the latest Jack Chan movies uh, have come out. Both Railroad Tigers and Welgo USA had limited cinema runs, like, shortly after Asia. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know if Welgo are doing Journey to the West 2, but that is coming out in America quite soon after. Yeah, and Kung Fu Yoga. Although, to be fair, Railroad Tigers did have a, uh, a cinema release over here in the UK for oh, did a period. It? Yeah, for a week. I know it came out on selected cinemas, so um, it was beginning of January. So, yeah, kudos. Uh, I need to mention who that was. But, yeah, I know it did have a quick run, and probably Kung Fu Yoga will as well. I think, off the top of my head. So. Is that all therefore London-centred uh, because of the limited thing? Well, no, across the, across the country, actually. There was one in Birmingham. I wasn't around at the time, so I was a little bit gutted. I couldn't see it on the big screen. But there was, yeah, it wasn't just London. It was it was across the UK. So, yeah, that was that was pretty good. Sweet, sweet. Well, keep your eyes out, and uh, we'll uh, try and uh, uh, maybe update uh, you all a little bit better on the group now uh, that um, there is some a little bit of market uh, buzz around the UK. But uh, uh, we're here to talk Call of Heroes and we're going to do that in a short bit. But first of all, some brief contact information. This is Podcast on Fire on the Podcast on Fire network. Yeah, we are located on podcastonfire.com where this show on Hong Kong Cinema Old and New uh, is uh, available to you. But we also have shows on Japanese cinema, Taiwanese cinema, Sleazy Cinema, Ninja Cinema. We do commentaries every now and again. We even talked about doing maybe a cheeky comedy commentary on uh, that Benny Chan movie, uh, City of the Siege, but uh, no uh, firm plans as of yet. It's in my notes, so uh, believe me, if it's in my notes, it's been done sometime, but uh, no, no dates as of yet. Uh, but uh, regardless, uh, we also have bonus episodes every now and again posted up there exclusively to the website. If you have any questions or feedback, know anything about... Uh uh, cinema runs of um, of uh, movies in the UK. Uh, let us know. Podcast on fire at googlemail.com. Let us know if you've te- you att- 
intended. Anyone, let us know how alone you are in the theater, because <laughs> I have a feeling like, 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 like they're, they're not going to pack houses, right? If they're limited, then then it's not going to be 90% capacity always, you know, which is which I'm fine with, you know. Uh, the more empty cinema sometimes, the better. I kind of like that uh, experience. So that, that, that was the case when I watched the Beatles documentary last year. I think there were 10 people there, which was like nine more than I expected, because... No one in a small town goes to see a documentary necessarily on the big screen, but hey, 10 people wanted to see the Beatles documentary. So, uh, But uh, regardless, that's the email, podcastonfire at googlemail.com. We have uh, buttons to our social media at the top of our website leading to Facebook. Uh, you will reach our page that way. Uh, click and like our page in support. And uh, once you're on Facebook, join the Facebook group called Podcast on Fire Network, where we sh- uh, post show updates and uh, have a general good time talking about uh, whatever whatever topic uh, comes up so it's a good natured uh, group no trolling no uh, no uh, hateful sort of arguing of uh, my opinion is the best and your opinion is the best no we keep it pretty um nice and balanced here uh, we, we try to be inclusive phil um think of it this way whenever you read someone say on a forum or group or whatever oh i, I i'll probably be hated because uh, of my opinion of this blah 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 but i always try to intervene and say no like, as long as you aren't dismissive of anyone's opinion, then no one's going to crucify you for disliking, no. you know, uh, Better Tomorrow or disliking Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. No, like, as long as you bring, like, your voice, your opinion, and don't open it with, like, oh, you bunch of retards, like, my opinion <laughs> is the best, and you listen to me now, and I wrote it all in caps. We welcome any kind of constructive, if it's criticism, it's criticism. If it's praise, it's praise. Hey, why not? Yeah, we're all a friendly bunch. So, yeah, absolutely, you know. But no, everybody, New Police Story is a bad movie. So, we, we you know, we all have made that agreement, right? <laughs> have we? Have we? Uh... Yep, yep, I've said it on the show. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, all right, and uh, join us over on Twitter. Click the Twitter button. Uh, click the iTunes button to reach our feed. Uh, subscribe. Leave a star rating and even a written comment. We would love to see uh, some more comments up there. And finally, uh, stream us on Stitcher Radio by clicking the button leading to their website. Uh, so search us up over there. But uh, you can also stream Stitcher Radio content on the go by downloading their applications available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And I write about a variety of Hong Kong and Taiwanese movies, uh, mostly older, mostly with a focus on you know Category 3 and focus on a, a particular set of Taiwanese genre movies, whether you know, uh, fantasy movies and uh, kids' movies with dubious content that doesn't seem like they're for kids, really. Like, like Taiwanese kids' movies, I don't know if you've sort of dipped your uh, your viewing habits have meant that you've watched some of these, like, children's movies with special effects, like Child of Peach and Kung Fu Wonder Child. These movies are violent, man. <laughs> like, in Taiwanese children's movies, they, they don't fuck around sometimes. <laughs> I haven't. Sounds like something my daughter would probably love. Because, in fact, she actually watched uh, Call of Heroes with me. Also, there's a lot of peeing humor in uh, ta- Taiwanese children's movies. A lot of people get pee in their faces for some reason. That That's like go-to comedy. Obviously, yeah, must be their, their, their humor. But they're, they're wonderfully creative special effects movies as well, so that's why I like to write about them. Over at SoGoodReviews.com, I also post their small video reviews at SleazyKVideo.com every now and again. And my Twitter handle is at SoGoodReviews. EasternFilmFans.co.uk, Seca 2017 is uh, going strong, I assume and I know. But uh, for people who do not know, what do you do over there and what's your uh, website link? Linky linky. Yes, www www.easternfilmfans.co.uk you can take out some w's but yeah eastern film fans is uh, still going strong we're on facebook and twitter 
Currently, we're just going through the most anticipated films of 2017. And I tell you, yeah, there's 17 of them. Yes. Oh. Can you imagine? See what you did there? I see what you did there. I saw through your veil of cleverness. Do you know what? I thought I might struggle. But in actual fact, I'm struggling in a good way because there's quite a few films. And although I have released on site the first uh, few from 17 to 13, I believe, I'm struggling with the rest because I've got more films than I can fit in. So there's just so much fun. There's so much fun. There's so many films that we're looking forward to. So um, there'll be more parts of that to come out once I've uh, figured out which ones I'm going to drop and which ones I'm going to keep. Um and some interesting titles. There's even a Category 3 film in that, that list. Yes, there is. Which one? Which one? Give it to me. Aha! Can't tell you. I'll have to wait and find out. But it's good. It's damn good. You'll be excited by it. Is it a Category 3 film of that kind? Or is it just rated Category 3 and it's a genre movie like? Uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's a Category 3 film. Mm, sex. Sex. It's big. Everybody should know. Come on, it's 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 gonna be anyway. Wait and see. It's on the list. It'll be on the next list coming out. Um, I'm sure it'll be there. I'm actually quite intrigued because uh, I don't keep a track of uh, those kind of productions because there's so goddamn few of them. Yeah, exactly. And this one hit me on the side of the face from somewhere. I don't know where. As, as you're looking out, we're in those realms, aren't we? We're we we're looking out and seeing what's out there. And it slapped me across the face, and I was like, oh my god. This has to be one of the most anticipated films of 2017, especially for that genre, especially who's in it, and especially who's directing it, and I shall say no more about that. I was thinking, like, is it finally 4, 4D Sex and Zen? Because they announced 4D <laughs> Sex and Zen many years ago, but it never came out. Uh, anyway, so there's that. Also, um, should be on the site now, is my interview with Dean Meadows. As you know, I'm all for the independent movies, etc. and stuff. And uh, a while back, I went to the set of Scarlet Cross, which is now Agents of Death, Scarlet Cross Agents of Death. So I interviewed uh, Dean Meadows, the director, um, because he's just put a teaser out for his feature-length film, Scarlet Cross Agents of Death. So that will now be up on site. And, um, yeah, please go over and and check that out as well and see his opinions on the the film, what you can look forward to in the different genres that Scarlet Cross uh, Agents of Death will give you. So, yeah, yeah, that will be – that's a a good one, a good interview to catch up on. Right on, and uh, we're moving on, and uh, we're going to take a small musical break, and after that we'll return to uh, review Call of Heroes, the only uh, movie of this episode, but uh, uh, hopefully a good one brewing. But uh, sit tight uh, for a few seconds or so, 30 seconds or so, and we'll be right back. And welcome back, and uh, let's uh, review Call of Heroes from 2016, and the plot from the Love HK film review of the film goes as follows. The, the setting is China during the age of the warlords, and Sheriff Yang Kenan, played by Lao Ching Wan, protects the town of Pucheng from bandits and thugs. However, evil bastard Cao Xiao Lun, played by Louis Ku, the son of warlord Cao Ying, wanders into town and promptly commits some nasty crimes. He's thrown in jail. But Shaolin's lackey, Colonel Shang Yi, played by Wu Jing, arrives to free his boss. Sheriff Kenan says no, 
But that's fine by Shaolun. The villain has a game in mind. That's that's the thing. He wants to humu- humiliate uh, the sheriff by forcing him to personally surrender. But the sheriff won't play along because he knows that Shaolun can't be trusted. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens, the town of Puchang is likely to fall. As the title announces, Call of Heroes, there are multiple heroes. Besides Yang, there are his uh, deputies, uh, one of whom is played by Sammy Hung, which is action director's Sa- uh, on this movie, Sammo Hung's son, as well as Yang's wife, uh, Chao Susu, played by Yolanda Yuan, who at one point wields two halves of a woven basket uh, like a pair of iron fans. <laughs> Pretty kick-ass. However, the bad guys uh, have a supreme martial arts master in uh, Wu Jing's character, Shang Yi, so the good guys need the help of Ma Feng, played by Eddie Peng, a wandering rogue who's so carefree that he travels around wearing a blindfold and trusts his horse Taiping, which apparently means peace, to take him interesting places. I thought he was blind first. Like, was he blind? I, I, I just saw him fighting. But uh, no, he's, he's sort of like, oh, the horse will carry me anywhere anywhere uh, destiny uh, destiny tells me. So I guess that's, uh, that's that. Uh, short opinions from my side. I, I'm going to keep it uh, short. Surprisingly enjoyable and impressively staged for a 2016 Hong Kong slash mainland action picture. This is in my notes later as well, but I'm going to bring it up now. If this is how action can be shot, because we know action can be very poorly edited and uh, poorly shot, but if this is how action can be shot and conceived and executed in 2016, now 2017, there might be some interesting uh, places Hong Kong action cinema can go. So uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's not point of drama or anything but uh, it's it's an efficient piece for what it is so um, quite enjoyable so in in short there what did you think yeah no again i really enjoyed this it was uh well thought out i like the story yes it's a rehash of maybe some some films but you can see where benny chan's influences lie it ticks all the boxes from a from an action point of view um, for myself, that's what, what we love. That's what I go to see. So it ticks those boxes with uh, Sam Hung leading the charge um, on the action director front. And it ticks a lot of boxes. And you know what? It's an enjoyable film from end to end. That, that, that's very fair. That's very fair. Uh, and uh, let's talk a little bit about, about Benny Chan because I've been immature uh, many times, and including in this episode. But I've, I've, I've had plenty of things to say about our director, Benny. Many good things. Many bad things. Uh, he had a good run in the 90s, uh, you know, ranging from his debut, A Moment of Romance, it's a through and through classic starring Andy Lau. He uh, directed a fun uh, YFO movie, The Magic Crane, uh, sort of an unknown movie, but it's good fun. He worked with uh, the young faces, once upon a time there were young faces, in Gen X Cops, which is a movie I quite enjoyed. Uh, it merely exists to make these cool new faces look good and uh, and they have perfect hair throughout it all but it was good fun it was also surprisingly brutal as well so it wasn't just a two-hour music video for nick and stephen fong and all, all those guys um, never made it through gen y cops uh, whenever eason uh, edison chan started to talk like he was black i i had enough <laughs> <laughs> I got. I, I didn't see him. So. No, no. I, I'm. I'm. I'm itching to rewatch it because. Yeah, yeah. I, I. I know Paul Rudd is not supposed to be good in it, but it tickles me that Paul Rudd was in it, and there's a robot as well, which apparently is not a CG robot. They. They. It's a. It's a physical thing. So, I'm, I'm gonna keep a knife at the ready. Whenever Edison, like, hey dog, hey dog, yo, yo, yo. Mm. 
But you know, to be to be serious, he established himself as a dependable director for action pictures um, and uh, with some elements of drama. You know, some of them were okay. A big big bullet is all good fun and Genex cops, as I said. Some of them just sort of passed me by, even though they were solid. You got the movies like Heroic Duo. Shaolin starring Andy Lau, Jackie Chan in a small role, it's okay, but it didn't stick with me. Some of them just went completely off the rails uh, when it should have been better considering he was a veteran director by that point, he had a veteran actor at that point. A new police story, you know, as good as the action is, it was the melodrama just killed it for me. I thought they would do better and it was sort of just overblown and overdone and when the drunken master can't act drunk convincingly, then the movie is in trouble, right? <laughs> because I thought, Jesus, dude, this is just, uh, what are you doing, guys? He 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 brings big to the screen, uh, he dependently so, and uh, even though all movies haven't appealed to me, the vibes and buzz around Call of Heroes sort of did. And that clip, uh, which is from the end um, confrontation, really just made me tilt my head a little bit and go, huh. Uh, oh, well shot and kind of cool. All right. All of this also connects to the fact that I don't have the pulse on modern Hong Kong action cinema as much. I mean, it's not out of disinterest. I'm just choosing to be busy with other genres and eras more. But, uh, you know, Call of Heroes might bring me back a little bit to the fold and the Benny Chan fold even. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take a chance on movies I don't know anything of, like Connected, I think it was uh, one of his uh, movies, uh, which is a remake of a Jason Statham movie. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so something Wire, or no, no, uh, Cellular is the remake. Uh, it's the movie, yeah, it's so, a yeah, remake. Yeah, Kim that's me rambling on about Benny Chan. Any spontaneous thoughts on, on him? Because I'm sure you've seen a couple of um, action movies from the 90s and, and, and certainly know his name by now. I have a soft spot for Benny Chan. And the reason is because I interviewed Benny Chan back in 2011, thanks to Barry Logan, um, which is on my site and the link's still there. It was decent of him to, and his English is very good. And we had a we had a chat on various different things. If it was uh, Shaolin came came out and was released, um, so it was on the back of Shaolin. So what was the question I asked him? Yeah, I asked him about working with Sammo Hong. Actually, will he get you know Jackie Chan, Sammo Hong, Yun Bio together? You know, he'd love to see that. And he actually said he hasn't worked with Sammo Hong, and he'd love to work with him in the future. Someone he admired. So you know, this is kind of a poignant moment, I guess, as the action director steps in um, on a Benny Chan movie. So. Obviously excited about Call of Hero, so yeah, I have a bit of a soft spot for Benny Chan because obviously he gave me, uh, he gave us the interview for Eastern Film Fans, so I was looking. Did you get a chance in your viewing habits to go back as far as a moment of romance and Big Bullet and those kind of movies? No, I didn't really go back that far. We we talked obviously uh, Police Story and Shaolin really because it was promotional for Shaolin at the time and stuff. And although we, I, I do well, I was thinking more of your viewing habits personally in, in general. If you've gone back to see a moment of romance and stuff, yeah, a moment of romance was obviously classic for me. It, it was one one of those that you know got me into the genre in the first place. That's what without knowing. Benny Chan has been Benny Chan, but you know, everything with Andy Lau I used to watch, so Moment of Romance was like staple viewing along with everything else he did during that period. So yeah, it was it was a love of that and then obviously Benny Chan, you know, directing that as well. But those kind of movies I kind of grew up on. So getting to know Benny Chan and his back catalogue of films probably for the interview and after the interview, I've obviously followed Benny Chan quite closely. So, you know, I have I do have a soft spot for him. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, let's move on to um, if you have a soft spot for him uh, in Call of Heroes or not. Well, well, we've established that you 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 enjoyed it, and as did I. But it starts out uh, sort of uh, we get introduced to a you know a quirky hero in the form of uh, Eddie Pang, you know, a drunken hero that's actually very skilled. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, he beats up these uh, robbers in the first scene and sort of slaps them around and uh, says, you're so unprofessional. And uh, but, but the intent of this scene is to showcase the action intent. And uh, it, it's a world that's, you know, is, is a rooted and real world and ruthless world. But th- there are enhanced powers. We, we get wire work here and uh, we get the introduction of Eddie Peng, you know, dispatching these uh, robbers in a rather playful manner. He makes them hit each other. There's a lot of things that uh, a lot, a lot of kicking and jumping and uh, and wires for certain moments, and it takes a little while, a tiny while though, to adjust to the camera. But Samo's camera is capturing it well. It's not too shaky. It's just that you you're sometimes shocked about the uh, the sort of elaborate camera moves that they do around the action, but it all is kept visible, which is something I need to hammer home because action needs to be visible. It doesn't need to be you know, the Bourne style uh, to make it cool, you know, uh, by shaking it all. But uh, so those are, you know, good vibes early. And uh, it shows that there is a modern way of catching Kung Fu action and the wire enhanced action there in, in a polished way. But polished doesn't mean that you drop visibility from the uh, from the equation. Um, I, I, I tend to find the, the wire work a little bit too float for my taste I, I like it a little, little, little bit more fast but I, I think I attribute that to uh, having watched like Fong Sayuk just like days before for another show and the wire work of the 90s is so it's, it's sort of so different and a little bit more crude so um, it's it's just how they sort of do, do it here but uh, do, do you think it gives off a good action vibe early by establishing you know we got Eddie Pang and we got a, a world that seems like reality but there's gonna be wires uh, wire work here it's one of those you think it's quite it's kind of playful, shall we say? It's playful. It sets it up, going okay. So there's going to be wires in it, but not overly. Like I say, he plays with it. He plays with the action. You know, he starts out with, with the action and finishes quite playfully with with a bit of a spanking. Let's face it, and it, it sets the tone slightly because then you think, okay, so it's a bit wire foo. It's a bit like okay, I can deal with that, and it's a bit playful, and it's all a bit. Does it set the tone for the film? Interestingly enough, as an overall action piece. Probably not, and no, because this isn't a comedy. No, exactly, yeah, but it does lure you into a full sense of security with it. But it's a nice little action piece to start the movie with, and quite nicely done, um, choreographed. But like I say, I wasn't overawed or disdained by the the, the wires or anything else. I just thought, okay, it, it set it up nicely from an action point of view, so I knew where that was coming from, mm-hmm. and then threw you slightly in how the film was going to pan out, I guess. Well, well, you know what the funny thing is that this is a very minor sequence conceptually yeah. compared to oh, what yes. Sam actually Absolutely. does throughout the movie, which is great because it's going to be bigger, but not bigger bad. Yes. Um, but playful is a key word, I think, because uh, I think no one is really taking this super seriously. Yeah, they want to tell a heroic story, but there is an aura of playfulness, and that that includes the score, which is <laughs> not. It's it's actually quite wonderful because it doesn't care if it's not subtle. Yeah. When you hear it, you think like, did someone put on the soundtrack of the big gun down all of a sudden? Any <laughs> Morricone score because it sounds like it, and I I think that's that's playfulness when it comes to the score is, it's fine and it it adds it's obviously it wants to be western but it doesn't it, it doesn't do it perfectly so I think playful is the keyword. Shit, it even ends on 
more of a for lack of a better word, like a more rock metal song for the, oh, yeah. for the end credits. Okay, now I know they don't care. And that's fine. That's fine. Be, be playful with the score. Like, call of ears, call of ears. So, yeah. Uh, also, by the way, uh, the setup is su- super easy to get into. The story is not too complex. The, you know, we got big evil someone versus little good someone. You know, it keeps it basic rather than... Rather than having eighty characters and tons of vistas of the of the mainland and uh, war scenes akin you know akin to a, you know a, a battlefield movie, no, it it keeps it contained, and that means the actors actually do get a chance to matter. In it's not empty spectacle with no acting, and that brings us to talk of a little bit about, and I'm sure we'll do throughout the review, uh, Lao Ching Wan, or Sean Lau. You know, he's a veteran actor, but it's not always. If he's in a spectacle, they don't lean on him to provide nuance and substance, because we're busy doing action here. But Benny Chan actually does feature moments like that, and I very much appreciate that. They're, they're downplayed moments. They're not melodramatic moments. They're not doing too much. He's learned a thing or two from New Police Story. Because there, there is an early scene where the refugees are begging the sheriff at Lao Ching Wan and, and the town, really, to take them in. And you can see on Lao Ching Wan's face, and I, I want to single out the film moment here. I don't know if you noticed it, and I don't, and anyone, I wouldn't blame anyone if they didn't, because it's not in our faces. You can see the burden on his face that, you know, he wants to be humane, but can he accept refugees that are on the run mm-hmm. from the ruling forces? And that moment is done in, is done in the f- background, nearly. It's not filling the widescreen frame. And I love stuff like that. Lao Ching Wan doesn't need to do much. He, he, he looks a bit downtrodden, right? But it speaks to his uh, burden as a protector of this um, city. And by not highlighting that moment and letting us sort of find it there in the crowd, that's the choice I dig. Yeah, absolutely right. It's a a good spot, actually, because watching it, it does, and that scene does portray that, and that is is Sean Lowe's, how he portrays that, just like you say, on his face and stuff, because all of a sudden you're transported into if you were him, and you were there, what would you do? Because on one hand, you're thinking, and this is all just from a moment, a look where you think you take those in, or if I, you know, if I take those in, then more will come. I have to take more in, but I have to protect the villagers I've already gotten stuff. Almost puts you in that, you're questioning it yourself, which is great because you transport you into the film, you transport into that character, and all of a sudden, you're with that character on that journey. You, you become part of the film. You, you care about that character, and that's what it's about. And that's what films lack sometimes today is caring about a character or that person or what happens to them or their drive or their motivation and stuff. And it does capture that perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Good spot. And, uh, but he's not actually just asked to act here in a surprise move. I didn't know this. I know. Sam Hung is choreographing essentially martial arts action for Lao Ching Wan. Yeah. So, so how did you think that fared? Because he isn't, uh, he isn't a martial artist. I can only think of one movie. That was a martial arts movie for Lao Ching Wan, uh, All Men Are Brothers, the uh, early 90s, uh, 92, 93. Uh, he probably was, f- f- you know, double to a fair degree because it was um, a waifu movie as well. And yeah. uh, how did you think uh, Samo, he has to, he, he can't make him into this martial arts expert hero. He has to sort of tailor the choreography to an actor. So how did you think that? How how did it look? Yeah, and it, it was clever because instead of giving him something that would require him to do, you know, a lot of moves and, and show off, giving him a bull whip, 
Yes, folks, he's got mm-hmm. a ball win. Indiana, Indiana Lau. Indiana Lau. You can see, you can see where it's going. Very good. I like that at the beginning. Thank you. Indiana Lau it, with the ball whip. It's good because it keeps people at bay. You mastered that. He trained hard. You can see, you can see, you can um, watch the outtakes of you train hard with that. And that's good because you can, you can use that ball with others, an extension of him and, and make him look good. Or he did master it at the end of it. And he, and he does look good. Look, you're talking about Sam Hong, action choreographer. He knows what look, looks good on screen. He knows how to make someone look good. And you know what, Sean Lamb, he pulls it off. He does actually pull it off. He even does some hand-to-hand uh, blocking as well, excluding the bullwhip, which looks great. It does. Absolutely brilliant. What a masterstroke. Absolute masterstroke. So, yeah, it's an extension of him, and that's what makes him. Yeah, if it's full-fledged martial arts, you know, all of a sudden he's northern-style kung fu, he might be in a bit of trouble. Well, and I doubt it. Some would probably make him look good anyway. Hmm. But given that bullwhip, all, all of a sudden the extension of, you're following that rather than critiquing probably Sean Lair and his stance and the way he looks and was he supposed to be doing this and that. It's a clever move and it works very, very well. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But but the movie isn't, as we said, like all series, it does have a, a little bit you know, humor in it, the playfulness, and that includes uh, the, um, for lack of a better word, barbershop scene between Lao Ching Wan and <laughs> yeah. Eddie Peng. And I have no extensive at all uh, exposure to Eddie Peng. I mean, I think the only movie I've seen him in is his cameo in Summer Hong's The Bodyguard, and that's it. But I know he played Wong Fei Hong in uh, that movie, uh, Rise of the Legend. Yeah, was. Uh, not seen it, so I don't know. But my point is, I looking at his performance here, I think I'm catching Eddie Peng in good work ethic mode mm. and getting more comfortable as an actor. This is not him as... I'm I'm not saying he is, but I'm using it as an as an example. He doesn't feel here like some sort of model or pop star shoved into movies and just you know you're in movies now, kid. But the look isn't always in all cases suitable for him. It looks a little bit pasted on. But I, I'm um what I saw was a comfort on screen. And if he keeps up that work ethic, then all the power to him, and I, I'd be happy to see even more development in that uh, in that area uh, area. I mean, shit, even in the, the beard cutting sequence uh, where they have dialogue, you know, a verbal back and forth, uh, which is a, a clever way of making uh, sort of themes and expositions smoothly integrated into the movie because Lao Ji Wan talks about, you know, it's not enough to believe in action. You have to enforce action and step up while he's cutting his beard. And he's cutting it so quickly and so well that there's actually a shot of CG beard uh falling onto you know the floor or whatever and i thought that that's silly but i, I don't mind it it fits sort of the aura of the scene and um uh, and and as i said uh, I, I like the fact that they they made their back and forth um you know work within this scenario so uh, uh it's amazing how well he trims uh eddie peng's beard <laughs> and and Ed, eddie peng's reaction to seeing it in uh, in the mirror it's, uh, it's all fun. It's, it's playfulness, commercial cinema, and it doesn't need to be dire necessarily. And we also have to like these characters, as you said. And I think this is an, is an example of now there's no conflict. They, they can have fun with each other, get to know each other a little bit. Uh, and I think pulling up on... I've seen Eddie Pang um, in a few films. Obviously, there's the Tai Chi Zero, Tai Chi The Hero Rises, and, you know, the early stages. And then they did uh, a film, uh, Unbeatable... Um, which we reviewed on the oh, site. Yeah. It's a great film. Nick um, 
And that was kind of the turning point for him, I think, all of a sudden. Rise of the Legend, another great film. I think with this film, again, elevated, he's comfortable now as an actor. And I'm not saying it takes you 10 years to be comfortable as an actor, but I think in this role, all of a sudden, he's become more than just a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. He's got that side to him, that playful side. There's something, a different character than what he's done before, and he works really well. So, you know, kudos to, to Eddie Ping. You know, everybody was saying, oh, well, we need a new rising star, and this needs to be the new Jackie Chan or what. Everybody was banding that about. I think that's slipped by now when he's just Eddie Ping and stuff. And you know what? And he, he plays it really well in this for, for what he's given for that kind of a loofish kind of monkey kingish kind of character they've kind of given him. It's very it's very good. So yeah, yeah, I enjoyed his role. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that there's a focus by filmmakers on the actor rather than yeah. oh yeah, we got a young action performer. Let's just bring him in. There are people like that, right? And because that, that that's rather shallow. I'd rather see someone develop their craft yes. in many areas, and including that. So um, I it's not fantastic, but it's uh, seeing him comfortable on screen gets us a long way and i mean he has his peculiar sense of humor he has a backstory as we learn of and you also wonder why he seems to question why one of the female characters uh Bailing, she's called why she even helps the children why there's even any point to helping anyone he seems like a cynic of this world and, and you obviously see that structure from a mile away that he's gonna have to step up but it's interesting enough actually yes. uh, because he's likable and that those questions if I extract such questions, because I'm the stupidest movie watcher in the world, if I extract those questions, that means there's a hint of interest here. Oh, look at that. Speaking of look at that, uh, let's talk Lewis Koo. <laughs> 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 what's, what's going let's, on here? Let's talk Lewis Koo. Go on. Well, um, you know, you see him and you wonder, is this guy... I love Lewis Koo, and I love his work ethic, and I love that he's a nerd at heart. He's a geek at heart. That's absolutely adorable. He loves Star Wars and uh, collecting toys and stuff. You wonder, when you look at him, is, is Lewis Koo going to scowl throughout his entire performance, or is it going to be a more of a subtle bad guy role? Uh, no, it's not going to be subtle. Is it? Whoa, what's going on here? And I have to say, it, it, it's so over the top that it threatens to go horribly wrong. For some reason, thanks to the aura that Benny Chan establishes, that it's serious, a little bit playful, and big, it's somehow... We'll talk more details and examples, but I'll just leave a brief opinion of Lewis right now. It somehow manages to work. I don't know how he pulled it off. Because this is essentially this psycho Joker style character with always with a smile on his face and I'm a kid I can be violent and kill people <laughs> you know he's, he's it's crazy how over the top the performance is and crazy how actually much fun it becomes after a while that's it for now what was your experience uh, watching Lewis throughout this movie absolutely loved it every great villain needs a cackle he mastered that cackle <laughs> it came out a few times but he nailed it and that was it. Once he nailed that cackle, that was it. A villain with a good laugh. You need that in your movies. And he nailed it. You know what? He almost steals the show. That and the um, Sam Hong's action choreography. But he almost steals the entire show. And he's not in it frame for frame either. But that, that, that performance was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. You know why I think he steals the show is because they're... It, the ideas and the plans that are brewing in him, they're, they're quite... It doesn't end by mid-movie. There's always an idea, a psychotic idea from yeah. courtesy of him. And he continues to just sort of be that way and add 
psychotic layer upon a psychotic layer. You're, you're just sort of waiting and you have fun with that. What's he going to do next? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and I mean, speaking of someone who has a, uh, developed a work ethic over 20 or so years being in the industry, the talent was there early. He, he has some great dramatic uh, range available early. There's a movie called God damn, it was directed by Derek Chu. Uh, oh yeah, Sealed with a Kiss. Yes, they, they they featured that song in the movie. I don't wanna say goodbye. Uh-huh. And he um, he played a mute, so there was uh, he only had like a couple of noises he made, but otherwise he's a mute performer. Not playful offs, really. Uh, and uh, I think, I mean, it's easy to say that he's the Andy Lau of his generation, but. I don't know if you can say that when Andy Lau is still around. <laughs> well, yeah, true. So Andy Lau is uh, of many it generations. It's the same amount of films, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, I mean, he can be on when he wants to be, Lewis, uh, off game sometimes. But uh, initially, I thought he was going to be because uh, I thought, uh, okay, really? I mean, there's even a CG shot of his golden gun. The content they have in store for us. That's what makes the performers because they're not done after he's committed those horrible acts of murder initially. Uh, they're not done at all. And I mean, he, his cackle looks kind of stupid, but you know, it, it works in the end. It, it wins you over, you know. And the point where it kind of won me over was uh, when they arrest him, you know, for the murders because it, it's clear that he committed a murder. He killed a kid, you know. He he becomes this pathetic, like, oh, I didn't do it. Oh. <laughs> and you just see that the character loves acting like that, play acting. I can play now, I can play acting. <laughs> and I don't know, it, it made me smile. And it takes a veteran actor, I guess, to make that work because it's a dangerous, dangerous role yeah, in terms yeah. of uh, it can be annoying for two hours, that thing. But for some reason, goddammit, he worked, man. He was fun. And and this is a this is the beauty of it for all his cackling and everything in the villainous role and that playful role because you start off obviously at the beginning of the movie the kind of this playful scene and you think oh okay jolly happy go lucky then you get the brutality of his character and what he does which is and when and he's and he's cackling through it and laughing through it but the brutality so you got one you you're laughing at the villain because he's funny. And then the, the emotional impact on the other side of what is just the heinous crime he's just committed. And you're like, oh, my God. So you put those two together and all of a sudden your mind's gone, wow, this is going to be really interesting as a film. It sets they That sets the film up so nicely mm-hmm. going forward. And all of a sudden there's more to it because, like you say, he's got these layers to him. So it's clever in what he's done. And like you say, he could have gone over the top and could have completely ruined the movie with it. But you know what? He absolutely nails it. It's it's a, just a, a great performance. And that's what you want from films. A great villain that you just want to see get his comeuppance. And he plays that so well. And I think because the movie isn't portraying a conflict that serious, but has an aura of, you know, it's commercial cinema. You can have fun with it. If it would have been thoroughly dire and rooted and a realistic depiction of... Uh, early 1900s, I think that performance would have been off-putting to have. But it's okay to uh, to have him perform that way. And uh, yeah, uh, I do really like it. Uh, some other action highlights? Why don't you talk, uh, what do you think of uh, Wu Jing and his action entrance? As he, um, because he, he enters action-wise with an action tint, if you will. Uh, so that means we go back a little bit to Sam Hung's action, of course, but Wu Jing is a, is a part of that. So any particular thoughts on uh, his initial fight scenes and how Sam captures it? Uh, Wu Jing, I mean, he's, he's great. It's another one of those, and he's developed as, as he's gone forward. This suits him in quite well. I know he's just kind of guest appearance on there, but actually he does get a bit more screen time, I think, than 
than actually Lewis Koo does. But he comes in kind of that steely look in his eye and, um, you know, he means business. You know, he's the, the right-hand man sent there to, to look after the villainous Mr. Koo. He puts across the action, you know, just brutal to the point, no messing. You know, this man means business. It's done subtly. He has a, a bigger scene at, at the end, but his introduction as a character, you're like, oh, okay. Oh, and Wu Jing's here. Oh, he's going to show off. And everybody wants... You see Wu Jing on the screen, you want him to fight. That, that's what he's there for. You want him to do martial arts. You, you want him to show off. Yeah, the blocking and the hitting is so well captured. And even when the camera moves 45 degrees and a really big, cam- big camera move, it's just timed ever- like, like correctly. It's timed correctly that it still captures the action. You know, we don't get... Oh, I'm out of it and let me get my dizzy pills now because uh, it's all it's all too dizzy. It's verging on that ill balance but stays within balance, which is obviously uh, um, Crew and Samo. Uh, big props to them for, for doing that and, um, and capturing that right uh, correct balance. And within all of this, you know, Lao Ching Wan's character is playing a big game with the city and the refugees. You know, they are outnumbered. And uh, Lao Ching Wan continues to increase that interest from us through that face that speaks volumes, um, you know. But he might be hiding the fact that he's in over his head. We don't know that either. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, he can put on a cool, uh, cool exterior, but interior, the interior might be chaotic. And I think that's what's so good at, about Lighting One is because you've got that strong character and that actor playing that role. And and a sign of a good, good film and a good actor. And I can't see anybody else playing that because he plays it so well and he brings that strength to it and he plays it without acting, just being on the screen and just his 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 expression, his thoughts, his, his looks, the way he plays that and portrays that without saying too much about it. You're right. You know, all that turmoil must be going on. And you can kind of feel that and you get that through him because he's such a good actor. He plays so well. And I, I enjoyed that about that movie, about the whole thing. I mean, it is a Western Let's face it, Benny. This is Benny Jan's western, mate. No they're not. They're it. not shy about that. No, this is this is his Red River. This is his John Wayne Red River. You know, someone's in a prison. They got to get him out. The, the bandits are coming for him. There's, you know, a few heroes that could save the day. This is, you know, it, it's almost a little bit Magnificent Seven. It's there. It's his western and stuff. This is all about. You need a strong character. Lighting One does that in this role, and he and he does it really well. Yeah, I think it's smart casting because you could have had a, a Lewis Kuhn in that role, you could have yeah. had an Andy Lau in that role, yeah. but I think what it required was someone with a little bit of a more worn face. I'm not saying that's louching one like, he's <laughs> ugly, he's got a worn face. I appreciated that it felt that they got a through and through veteran actor uh, on it uh, because uh, the, the other guys have had multiple careers in multiple genres, but Lao Ching Wan really, you know, shaped himself up, up, shaped himself as an actor, not a pop star, not a model and actor. And and I think that that elevates like these subtle moments. Uh, and uh, my, my God, Benny Chan doing subtle moments. Uh, I didn't think uh, the world would uh, <laughs> write itself that way again, but it did. You've said it now, you can't take it back. Exactly. Well, well, I do enjoy it. But you know what? Even when melodrama kind of hits the movie, there's a bridge confrontation between Lao Ching Wan and uh, the character Liu Kao Chi plays. He is begging, you know, Lao Ching Wan to change his mind, you know, let him go because we've got pending death here, you know, by, by the warlord, you know, we're doomed. So just let him go, man. And he just begs and cries and it's big, but it manages to be very effective effective and especially because Lao Ching Wan you know stands essentially by his 
he stands his moral ground. Mm. And I love, I actually love the line. I thought it was quite moving that he's, he says to Liu Kaoqi, who's a veteran actor that can be, can be off his game as well, but when he's good, he's good. Very good. Uh, won the award for Beast Stalker a couple of years ago, uh, the Dante Lam film. Uh, Cage Man is another movie with Liu Kaoqi. He plays, uh, Roy Chow's like, um, uh, mentally challenged son in uh, Cage Man. The scene where Lao Ching Wan says, while Liu Kaoqi is on his knees, he said, you think, Everything can be solved by kneeling down. Hmm. And I thought that, wow, actually what quite affecting and clever writing there, man. Because he's right. It's a difficult stance to take as a character. Because you, you don't want to be in peril. and you, But you, you want to stay stand your moral ground. But how, for how long can you do that? And those are two veteran actors going at it, man. And even if one acts melodramatically, Benny Chan actually strikes a good balance here. Yeah, the white chord. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It encapsulates what what it's about and what the the village is going through and and what he's about as a character. That you know he will not bow down to this. That that's him, and he's staying strong and he's staying strong for everybody. And that's what he believes in, um, and that's what drives it forward. And it's a good sequence on that bridge as well. And again, there goes with his ball whip on there. That's a that's a fair old sequence to film and stuff. And kind of caged in with those spikes and yeah, I love that because. All of a sudden, he turns playful yeah. and absolutely ludicrous because those traps are perfect, my friend. Those spike traps, they, those are pitch perfect, man. And they, because they come out of the water and then trap them in the bridge. So they're in a cage, essentially. But it's great, man. Even Liu Kaoqi gets a little action. Yeah. Uh, Sam Hung adjusts choreography for... Uh, he's the sort of similar age of Lao Ching Wan, you know, in their 50s, maybe. And, and yes, the action is sort of CG heavy, but with the amount of guys that uh, Sam Hong, you know, has in there to get thrown about. But it's actually cleverly made. Uh, it's rooted enough in reality. How should I phrase this? Uh, how should I phrase uh, the things I like? <laughs> but, you know, there are CG sequences involving weapons and uh you know, obviously, guys are get, be, being thrown about and impaled, and there is there is CG blood here, which works better at nighttime rather than in daytime. Later, I should say, but there, it is actually a well executed big sequence, uh, despite these aids of uh, computer generated imagery, and the camera again stays uh, stays in that area of clarity, and uh, you know, it's not too flashy and not sh- shaky, and uh, the coherency. Is very active, and uh, that's what makes this uh, such an achievement of a of a scene. And it's cool; it's very, very cool. And uh, as I said, if this is how you can craft modern action, then I might come back to the fold because I know that modern action, even in Hong Kong cinema, it tends to rely on too much shakiness for my tastes. But uh, Samo, you know, we saw the Bodyguard uh, earlier in 2016, when we applauded that for Samo adjusting action for himself to his older years uh, and keeping it clear. Keep Samo, uh, you know, as constant action director for every movie. <laughs> <I think. laughs> action movie, Samo. Action movie, Sam- yeah, please, please. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little sequence in the middle of the uh, the film stuff. Like I say, it's got a poignant moment. It's good to see. I don't think the CGI spoils, spoils it at all. I think it's very well hidden within that scene and stuff, and you yeah. enjoy the scene it's in, in its entirety for it. Even when the whip uh, becomes a CG element, it can't it, because the move that they do with the computer is kind of cool. That stylization doesn't like betray the uh, the nature of the story. It 
yeah, that's kind of cool and we'll go with that. Absolutely. No problem. The only thing that I can't know where Benny Chance sort of does go um, overboard is uh, it's a big confront later scene with the villagers again in the town square and uh, they all beg Lao Chihuan as well. That ran just a little bit too long for my taste and there, there, there were so many people acting melodramatically at once. So it, it was one of those like, okay, we, we got the idea. Can we please move forward? Yeah, but- yeah. I'm going there. We'll just get the tea lady to say, no, don't do this anymore. Yeah, there was a, there was a little bit of that, wasn't there? But, I mean, that scene obviously drives the, the scene we're talking about now and all the villagers then are on the knees begging him not to. And it's quite, you know, take the, it goes on a little bit too long. There's still, you know, an emotional impact there. Guardians disbanded. You know, all of a sudden it was the, it's all come to a head. He tried to do his best, but right, okay, you know, some of the guardians have gone back to the families and they're begging. You know, the time has come, there's a change, is that, you know, dips and flows in the story and that's where it dips down. So, you know, it's telling that piece of the story as it needs to be to be told and there's still an emotional impact there and stuff yeah i mean especially since lao ching wan has to react to all yeah, of this exactly. uh, so that helps but i thought like okay, we have 500 villages here are everybody gonna get their moment <laughs> exactly yeah we're on it number was... 300 yeah. <laughs> yeah no we're just using 300 yes you're right slightly too long and stuff but when it comes to the point of what it's trying to make and stuff it, it, it's well thought out and uh well acted again by lao ching wan and uh just on for uh, some additional notes here i you know as ludicrous as the wonderful Lewis Cooper performance is, it, it, it we managed to navigate through it easily through the writing because I love that. I, I actually do. I was interested in the game he's playing, mm. and it constantly makes you go, "Hmm." But when he's out, um, it, it, that's not by the end. He, he actually gets let out after a while. It's so funny how out of control it can be, like randomly stabbing people, <laughs> randomly shooting people. <laughs> Like a kid just consciously, uh, like, tipping his milk over or something. That's it. Like, I did it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, because you're so engrossed in that character and the way he plays it, and the way that the mayor treated um, Lao Ching Wan and the rest of them and stuff anyway, when he does stab him, I was quite shortly going, yeah, good for you, Lewis. Good for you. You stab him. You deserve that. Anyway, you're rooting for the villain. That's how brilliant he is. Like, fair play to him. That's it. But you know he's just come, he's playing this game, he's manicuring, and you can't even enjoy it. And you're kind of laughing along with him as a character, which is, you know, clever as a villain. But you still want to see him get his comeuppance. But yeah, it's clever the way he plays it. Also, that like the big ending is not a big battlefield ending. It, it's a pretty, it's a sparse on locations. And obviously a lot of it is set within the walls yeah. of uh, this village, which means that the, the whole, you know, it's not a battlefield ending, but sort of raw one-on-ones and uh, bloodshed to go along with that so i I thought that was a wise choice rather than take it to a capital or something you know and and have 500 cgi extras and shit like that nope they they keep it sort of uh, rooted and uh, to the place it's supposed to be in you know and be at and they built that set didn't they i mean there was a whole making of i think uh while they took about three months to build the whole set um the actual town up and etc you know, they, they kept it within there. Like every good Western is, it all comes back to the town and you fight it out in there and they kept it, you know, within the confines of that space, which works rather well. And my two final notes, uh, the other scene that doesn't work, actually, where they, okay, you've done well with the CG, you've uh, made balanced decisions, but I think we, we won't set up the context, though. But you, you know what I mean when I say, I think the uh, CG pottery is the filmmakers taking their concepts a bit too big because it looks kind of awful. 
Because it, it, it's fake uh, pottery they're fighting upon and they're cracking and they're falling down and they're running away from green screen at one point. So maybe it's because it's set in the daytime that uh, be, that's a problem, you know. But uh, I mean, it's it's a fine sequence, but I, that that's when I uh, sort of tuned out for a moment or two. Later. I think when they put it on paper and stuff and said, you know, I want to do this sequence, and I'm sure Samo had the the idea from his previous films that. You come up with this idea. It sounded great. Just the execution of it wasn't wasn't the best. The CGI is there. Let's let's not make any bones about it. It's there. It's in your face. It's not great, but you know, still the fight scene is clever. The weapons, broadswords, long spear, mm-hmm. it's good. You'll enjoy the action sequence. Don't worry about the CGI too much, but the action sequence is 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 very good. Yeah. Well, well, thankfully the movie wasn't two hours of too big. CGI moments exactly. done just because they could. That's exactly. one moment where it sort of failed. And and the CG blood in daylight actually doesn't look good at all. It's if anything, I dislike CG blood with Avengers, but here it show it was it had better usage of it and because most of it was for darker scenes, right? That yeah. did didn't make it stand out. But when when characters uh, have that painted onto them in the daytime that looks a little bit a uh, little bit too fake for my taste but hey i wasn't out of the movie man i was just i noted a few negatives you, you know even the big i won't spoil the context either but even the big cg bullet that hits a character that's a big cg sequence obviously but it made me go wow yeah, so so you can get it right i laughed so much it was brilliant <laughs> yeah it's a great yeah no, you have to watch it there's a there's a sequence in there you'll uh you love it. I hate it. I'm sure, but it's it's brilliantly uh, concepted, conceptual kind of thought. Oh, somebody thought of that. It's like, yeah, it's brilliant. I've never seen that before. Uh, it's very clever. Um, kudos to uh, Sammy Hong as well. I think he has a couple of um, good uh, standout fight scenes. Um, bit of wires there, but you know what? Um, he can certainly um, throw his punches and kicks and stuff. His dad knows how to look after him uh, in front of the camera. And uh, obviously from behind the camera. So uh, yeah, there's uh, for action film film fans as well. There's uh, there's much to love about it in a um, in a Benny Chan film that I think deserves uh, praise for making it more than just a, more than just a, an action film or of serious or of playfulness, as you said. Yeah. Uh, and uh, those elements could have clashed. I mean, back in the day they wouldn't have because Hong Kong cinema was just tailored that way that we're gonna have all kinds of mood in it. But nowadays that those things stand out if they switch to comedy within a serious narrative. But I think Benny um, pulls off that balance quite well here and uh, knows how to have fun with the movie. And ends, as I said, with, uh, you know, with electric guitars on the soundtrack. So it's not like we got to make it era specific. No, nope, that's what we're going to do. And uh, this must have been a 3D movie, by the way, uh, thinking back on some of the uh, CG action. So, um because there's no 3D version on this Blu-ray, but I just have a feeling this was 3D as well. It was, yeah. I'm trying to remember, because obviously it was called The Deadly Reclaim before. It's kind of get you kind of reclaiming someone. It's a deadly thing to do. That's a bad title, by the way. That's a very bad English title, by the way. Like, Deadly Reclaim of what, exactly? Uh, Call of Heroes is, is slightly better and isn't for a box of chocolates. It is Call of Heroes. Yeah, no, uh, overall, yeah, I uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, you should uh, seek that out. And uh, two hours is sensible for the movie. It doesn't uh, outstay its welcome, so that's good as well. I mean, shit, even uh, one of Benny Chan's comedies from a few years from a few few years ago was like two hours twenty or something like that. Robbie Hood wasn't that super long. It's uh, a yes. Jackie Chan movie. Did you like that movie back in the day, at least? <laughs> uh, I, I did because it was 
it was Jackie Chan. It wasn't my favourite movie. It was okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah, too long in places. Probably to uh, to uh, a revisit. I like to go back. I was probably uh, clouding in my judgment. It's Jackie Chan. It's Jackie Chan. Love Jackie Chan. Now I'm a bit more. Let's see what the movies. Yeah, looked as a baby. <laughs> I've had babies around. I can recognize this. <laughs> I, I know. Yes, I've had babies since then. But coming back to, to Call of Heroes, I would implore people to, to go out and buy it. One, it's a great movie. And, and two, just to to keep Cine Asia releasing quality, quality films. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Do go ahead and pick it up. And as for availability, it's available on Blu-ray on DVD in Hong Kong, as ex- as expected. Uh, released there first. Uh, but as mentioned, Cine Asia and Trinity have released it for the UK market with the added bonus of, uh, you know, being closely available to most of you. It's the right region, uh, region uh, uh, B. And over in Asia, it's region A. But it also has subtitled extras, which um, might have, been excluded for the Hong Kong release that that you never know when that's going to happen when they have English subtitled extras on Hong Kong releases so essentially we got a bunch of mini featurettes and they're, they're a lot of fun uh, including uh, we got to look at uh, Lao Ching Wan putting others in peril using the bullwhip not so much him but others in peril hitting stuntmen and crap like that <laughs> uh, at one point Sammo needs to be craned to a location with steep stairs and uh, they all have a good laugh at that including him and I also enjoyed what a terrific mood Samo is in yeah. during the interviews. He's absolutely having the time of his life. And if you do, from behind the scenes, I think that's going to affect your work for audiences. And uh, yeah. So, so so it's not like forced, like, say something about the movie type of interviews. It's good. No, but he's like playful. He's like giving them points and stuff. I give him um, a 68 out of 71. <laughs> like he's got his own like uh, scale. Okay, fine. <laughs> And I, I like that because it's uh, it's infectious to see him being in, in a good mood. Not that he's a grumpy guy, but I didn't expect someone to be like, hey, 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 I'm interviewed. Let's have fun here. Uh, the problem, though, with uh, is like 20 of these short programs. The only thing I can sort of um, uh, recommend for people who offer the, offer the DVD, put a play all option on there next time around because these featurettes are like one minute long, each of them. So it would have been nicer to just be able to watch them in one chunk. But they're good fun. English subtitle and uh, the, the relevant extras, uh, obviously. So, um, all good fun. So, again, thank you to Cinesia and Trinity for providing the show with uh, the disc for review. And we'll place uh, some buy links, obviously, in the show post. But uh, just go on Amazon.co.uk and you'll find it under Call of Heroes. You can buy it from wherever you like. I'm not saying Amazon is the place. <laughs> what do you, where do you buy your DVDs from, Phil? <laughs> or your blues? If it's not Amazon, where do you buy yours from? I was going to say Amazon. I might just put a link up for Amazon. You know, if Cine Asia are releasing them out there, Trinity, go out and buy it. You know, put some money back in the industry. Let them, let them put some money in the pocket so they can release some more stuff and, and buy and get the rights to some other great films, you know. Um, that's what we want to see, more of these given a wider audience. And, you know, we, we love them. Yeah, let's get them out to the masses and let other people love them as well and pick them up because uh, that's what we need to do keep playing the money back in the industry so we can get to see these films excellent well that's a good note to go out on and uh, that's uh, finish this show therefore on call of heroes and uh, some brief contact information before we do so this has been podcast on fire on the podcast on fire network our website is podcastonfire.com where this show on hong kong cinema new and old and can be found and we have plenty of other shows as well we focus on japan korea sleaze ninjas and what have you if you have any questions or feedback let us know podcast on fire at googlemail.com 
Join us over on social media. There's a handy button at the top of our website to Facebook uh, that will lead you to our page. You can find our discussion group on there. Click the Twitter button if you want to follow us on there. iTunes button if you want to subscribe to our feed. And uh, if you have the time, leave a star rating and a written comment as well. And finally, click the Stitcher Stitcher radio button for the uh, link to a website where you can stream all our shows but you can also do that if you download the application available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and I write about a variety of Hong Kong and Taiwanese movies over at SoGoodReviews.com a video review at SlazyKVideo.com and my Twitter handle is at SoGoodReviews and finally Phil, you got the last plug so uh, your website, what's it called and where is it? It is easternfilmfans.co.uk. It's there. You can also find me on mobile. Yes, on mobile. And Twitter and Facebook pages are both there, so uh, obviously drop us a line. But I will put, obviously, information on both of those and um, come over and say hi. I've been Kenny B, and uh, with me to discuss Call of Heroes was Phil G. So I say goodbye, buddy. Goodbye, bye. Goodbye, bye.